Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a slave. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. our podcast we can't be the only ones i'm gail and i'm your illustrious b all right see what a little booster shot will do for you (laughs) you guys are lucky i'm on the line tonight because i was tired i didn't have a booster shot but i was exhausted today glad to be here though Uh, uh. Yes, got my little martini. I'm a happy camper. And how you doing? I'm tired. I got my um, Alina school had a vaccination drive yesterday. And I was going to hold off to get my booster until like the day after my vacation began for December. I was like, oh, well, I'll be home for the holidays and, you know, prepared. But since they had it, I did that. So now, I mean, every chance I get to sleep, I do sleep. So so it did make you tired. Yeah, but it only made me tired. I mixed it up. So the last shot that I got was Pfizer. And so I did a little bit of research and they're like, if you mix it up, it's not too bad. So I got Moderna this time. And it's just that I'm tired. So like, no, like any of the other symptoms but i'm also on my cycle so i'm pretty sure i'm drained on both ends yeah <laughs> i know right it took a minute then like boom <laughs> i got it i'm drained oh what about yourself how are you well i'm just drained because i'm just running around and once again i'm over committing myself and i'm trying to fit everything into everything i i don't know might want to work on that. I, I really did. That's why when I came home today from church and shopping, I got my calendars out and thought possibly the problem is I have not really been maintaining my calendars properly. Mm. Speaking about calendars, this is completely different. I know we are like not even into our topic or the beginning, but I have a wall calendar. That's a dry erase board. And that's the simplest thing for me to kind of see what's going on. To try not to overcommit. Because when I fall back on like looking at the calendar. Not fall back, but like putting the dates in. I, that's when I tend to overbook myself. Yeah. But I need to yeah. see that calendar. Like I can't have a calendar like in a notebook. It doesn't work. I need to like pass it by when I'm leaving the room in the morning. And be like, oh yeah, you got that to do today. And see, I had one of those about two years ago. And no, once I left the room, it was gone. So I have to have like the the written calendar where I can map it out. 
-hmm. then as I'm mapping out things, then I know to, I start blocking out time. Mm -hmm. And that makes it even more visual for me. And I don't do like a month at a time. I do a week at a time. And then I also program my phone. I do that as well. So everything kind of misses. But I haven't been doing any of it. I've just been flying by the seat of my pants and going, did I say I'd do that? Okay, well, I'm on my way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I feel like I, I'll, I want to at least end the year as organized as possible. Then I have a better shot at starting out the year organized. I get it. So that's hopefully the plan. But, oh, the moment of gratitude. I know, right? <laughs> you go first or I go first? You go first. Oh, it's my, okay. Well, my moment of gratitude, I really cannot get past the point that I turned 70. I'm so grateful. Okay. I'm just absolutely beyond grateful to still be among the living. <laughs> And to be in um, relatively good health, I'll say relatively because at this age, something could be wrong and you just don't know it, Mm. (laughs) but to relatively be in good health and of sound mind, as much as one can say I'm in sound mind. And I'm just very grateful that the Lord continues to bless me to, to be here. I'm just overwhelmed with the gratitude and gratefulness to God. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, no one's going to fault you for being grateful for being alive. And if they do, okay. (laughs) Okay. So I am grateful in this moment to... It's funny. I'm not going to say what occurred because I don't believe in like saying things that some, some things I just feel like they shouldn't be like, they're yours to keep. And for those who witness it, they witness it and that's it. But yesterday when I was like, I'm going to get my vaccine because I had a beauty appointment in the morning, picked up Alina from where she was and we were sitting down and we were talking about how rich she is and how poor I am. <laughs> like we had this whole conversation. Wow. And her and I had just the opposite conversation today. What? <laughs> how poor she is. Yes, he's, <laughs> yes, right. So we were just talking about like how rich she well, I was saying that she was rich. And um as we we're discussing it, we're having our piece at Steve's Pizza. Um it was funny because I was just telling her like how poor I was when I was growing up and the moment I knew I was poor, <laughs> like the exact moment I can tell you what age I knew that I was poor. And I was like, you know, you don't have that. And when she's like, everything's all relative. And then something occurred where there was an opportunity for me to, I guess, act in a generous way. And while we were doing, well, before I even did it, me and Alina were talking, I was like, should I, shouldn't I? Should I? What if they're offended? And all of this yeah. stuff, because you never know. And push come to shove, I, I did something that was quite generous. And that is what I'm grateful for. It's just, you know how some people are like, you talk it, but then you don't walk it. And, you know, everything is, again, as you said, relative. So 
to some, I call myself poor, but really I'm not. I know I'm not. But at the same time, to someone else who has nothing, I have the world. Right. And so, you know, when you have opportunities to be generous and selfless and kind, um, to take those moments. And that's what I did yesterday. And it wasn't like, like I, I, let me not use the word hate, but I don't like when people do kind things and then it's recorded because I feel like people who are in a position of, um, I guess relatively not doing as well as you are, I think it's kind of exploitative to put that on camera or to, you know, document it in that way because at the end of the day, you're, you're in a position of power mm-hmm. when you do something for someone. And, um, so it was just, it was just, I'm grateful that I am able to, in my poorness, my relative poorness to Alina, be able to do something kind for someone else and just do it just because I have it in my heart to do it. And that's a good thing. That's very good. Yeah. I will say the thing about videotaping it or recording it. A lot of places where you give to, like when um, we went the other day and gave clothes to the homeless shelter, mm-hmm. they ask you, can we take a photo and we, and would you put it on your Facebook page if you have one and put it on your social media that you came here and gave? Yeah. Because they, they feel, they say that encourages other people to come. Yeah. No, I don't but, mind. But the, when people walk up to people on the street, Yes. And, you know, I, I I see this guy every day and today I fed him. <laughs> like, hello, get oh, that camera hey. out my face. Like, how <laughs> you he even want to be on camera? That's what I'm saying. He so, might be ri- hiding from somebody. Why He may not be the homeless person you think he is. He might owe somebody $5 and here you go, plastering him. So, yeah, I'm just grateful that I am in a place where I can be generous and there are things that I can give without it even affecting my day-to-day life. And um, I hope that's just something, I mean, it is something that I do um, when I got it. If I got it and it's spare, you can have it. Like, I don't care what you do with it, but I am hoping that that's just something that I continue to do and to model for Alina as well, because I wasn't thinking in doing it to show Alina that it can be done because she's seen me do it before. But I think a lot of the times people talk it, but not necessarily walk it. Yeah. So And she's, she went with me that time we did it at last year. Mm-hmm. And we gave out stuff to people in the park that they're no longer in, but that's a whole nother topic. So now that we're done with our moment <laughs> of gratitude, today is Gail's conversation. Yes, and it's, initially I was going to talk about organizing for the new year and all the different ways you can possibly organize, (laughs) but then something came to mind that I felt I wanted to talk more about to really put out there because sort of a spring, not really exactly from the pastor's service today because he was talking about the Grinch and Christmas. But in the service, he did mention that, and it wasn't part of the service yet, it was earlier, 
he was talking about how it's been a, a, a really tough couple of years mm-hmm. for many people. Mm-hmm. There's really not a person who has not gone through something good, bad, or indifferent over the last couple of years. And are we really, are we supporting each other as much as we can? And then I was thinking about that. And then I thought immediately of a really good friend of mine that uh, she's also a coworker and friend that she has, she's about to lose her mother. Mm -hmm. And possibly um, her father is not in good health. Mm-hmm. And when situations like that come up, what kind of moral support in all those situations, what kind of moral support can you offer to someone? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I looked up some things online and I was reading some stuff. And since we are like um, big on definitions, yes, I looked up moral support. It says support or help, the effect of which is psychological rather than physical. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I think if I give you a hug and pat you on the back, I've supported you and I'm gone. Mm -hmm. I've done my due diligence. And, but that's not really what moral support is. And there's so many different ways to provide moral support to people. And they, and one of the articles that I caught was really interesting is children, how they support their parents and not grown children, little children mm-hmm. that when, when you're, when your child comes to you and offers to help you with the dishes or offers to help you do something that you're doing, that is their way of giving, giving mom or dad moral support. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily know that they don't call it that. They're just helping you. If they see you kind of struggling to to do something or pick something up or get bags at at the now this is probably not teenagers. It's probably younger children. Because <laughs> the teenagers you could probably struggle all day to get the grit the groceries out the car and be like, What? Help you. Yeah. But when they're small, they just it's it's something in them they just want to help. Yeah, something innate. So it is something in us to be supportive of one another. But how much support are we really supposed to give? As much as it doesn't deplete you, to be honest. Like, well, but some people can um, moral support you to death. <laughs> and it's just too much. It, you just, you really, and, and I, I, with... I know at my age, many people have passed that I've known and the people they leave behind are there. And, you know, some of them want to hear, hear a phone call every day. Some of them don't want to talk to anyone, you know, and some of them want, you know, you tell people I'm here if you need me. Well, what does that mean? What, what will you do if I call you up? And, you know, I, you know, because of the pandemic, God forbid, I didn't lose my job. But what if I had and I said, I need $500 to, to make a card note? <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, no problem. Who should I make that out to? <laughs> I mean, should we put parameters even on it when we offer some type of help? Should we say what we can do? 
I mean, I know when it comes to money, you give what you don't won't miss. Like if it's money, you give what you won't miss. So if it's a hundred dollars, two hundred, a thousand, so long as you're not gonna miss it, give it. Right. If it's something that you know you need in two weeks, I don't know about that. But if you're not gonna miss it, by all means, give it and then just charge it to the game. But I do find, I mean, there, in this instance, like, there's a lot of things. Like, I feel like there are certain friends that I can lean on. And you you basically learn whom you can be vulnerable with to provide you with. I, I hope we all become more cognizant of who we're taking our stuff to. Because not everybody's equipped to handle their own stuff and the stuff that you're bringing to them as well because they have their own stuff right and um so you know for me there are certain friends that i talk to about certain things and i can be quite vulnerable with what i'm feeling and they will just take it in and listen and that's just enough i think a lot of the times people just want to be heard uh, or listen to and then there's individuals that are you can't be vulnerable with so you just don't and there are individuals that you want to be vulnerable with but they're not at a place to receive that so it's almost kind of using your sense of discernment as to who at least when it's when it comes to you asking for moral support who can you go to to get that support that you need so that you feel heard or seen or validated or whatever it is that you need. And I think every person has different people on different levels of which they choose to be vulnerable with or not. And well, one of the articles that I read was like in difficult situations, and if this is somebody you know and you're kind of close to, think of the things that you do that you can either laugh or have a relief moment where you're not really thinking about anything. Mm-hmm. And it could be shopping or, you know, helping with their housework or, you know, driving somewhere, you know, like, hey, let me pick you up and take you to such and such. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be your chauffeur for the day. And it was really funny. One of them was gardening. They said even people who don't garden, sometimes when they're they're having a difficult situation, they like gardening is a release because you're digging up and planting a plant, like bring a pot of plant over mm-hmm. and say, we're going to plant a plant, put it in your yard. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they'd have to have a yard to do something like that. But and I thought that I would have never thought of that. You know, I think of them being stationary. If they're having a situation, they want to stay where they are. But, you know, like swing by and say, hey, you want to, let's go down the street and, you know, go to the dollar store. Let's spend 10 bucks. Let's buy some stuff. You know, you want to go to the grocery store. Let's get you some groceries or something. And I know the old people, my mom and all of them, whenever somebody was sick, going off to war, going off to college, moving, the first thing they did, it was all around food. Yeah, food, uh, food is food is life. They either brought you food that you'd eat then, or they packed up stuff for you to take with you where you were going. Mm-hmm. And it was always 
and it was sort of like my grandmother would say, because the only reason I remember this distinctly, my mother and my grandmother are such different people. My mother was going to go down to the bakery and buy apple pie. And my grandmother was like, we're taking them an apple pie that we don't even know who baked it. There's no love in that. There's just money. She said, we're going to bake an apple pie. There's the love in that, that you baked. And she said, and they know the difference between our apple pie, because our apple pie does not come in that cardboard box. And my mother was like, well, we're going to take it out. She goes, no. <laughs> my mother would take it out and heat it in the oven. <laughs> Look. Sprinkle brown sugar on top of a little pat of butter. Like, she made this. She's a scream. And my grandmother was like, no. We show our caring by taking a moment out of our life and to provide this for them. Mm -hmm. So, but now, did they really know the difference between the two pies? I don't think so. I think there's an intent behind there. Yes. If When you're giving, there's an intent behind what you do. So, you know... For me, when I have friends that, like, my thing is, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit funny. I don't know if you guys have noticed. But my thing is more so, like... I'm shaking my head, yes. Yes. My <laughs> thing is more so, like, uh, the humor relief. Like, I would want to make you laugh. Or I would say, let's go out and get our nails done. Or let's go out and do this. Or let's have a change of environment so you're not in the same spot. So I just think... For that, that's what works when I am giving. It's more yeah. like it's not a nominal thing where there's a price to it, but let's just go ahead and do something to get you out of this funk or get you away, like, you know, to think about other things in a way. And if you, if it is something that you do just want to talk about, I have been practicing my listening skills, so that's that's there too. Where again, sometimes people just want to rant. Like there's no like I want you to fix it, but some right. like I had that situation this week where I'm like, I just want to talk about how I feel. All this other shit you telling me about means nothing. Let me talk about how I feel. Like, I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to give me an explanation. I don't need you to tell me what I could have done or should have done. Don't shit me. Yes. Don't shit on me. But, like, just listen. And it's funny because then I talked to another friend and they just listen. Like, they were like, I agree. Like, I agree. I agree. Like, they were just like, I, I get what you're saying and I get where you're coming from and I can see it. So I think that's something when we're giving or receiving is that when, especially if someone is in the point of just talking about how they feel and telling you how they feel in that particular moment, that that's not the moment to tell them what they should do. Like yes. that's not the moment to say, this is how you can fix it. And I'm guilty of that too, just by way of being a mom. Like you're just you like, have a solution. I have a solution. For I have you. a solution for that. And sometimes people don't want to hear your solutions because they just want to rant. No. Well, there's an article on Parade, the magazine Parade. Oh, that still and, exists, huh? That still exists. And the um, it was the 
they have a section in there. It's called the Healthy Now newsletter. Mm-hmm. And it said it's been a tough year and there are 125 ways to show moral support for the people you care about. And the very first one was the one that I would never think of. <laughs> Take something off their plate. Okay. And then I thought about when I read that thing, when someone's in a difficult, like shopping, I'm thinking, well, instead of just taking them shopping, go shopping for them. Let me go pick up some groceries for you. What do you have in your house? Mm-hmm. You know, or do you need me to pick up? Well, we don't pick up dry cleaning anymore. I'm showing my age with that one. Some people do. So, but they said, just take something off their plate. Let me pick the kids up from school for you. And let me take them for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And then be there in person. So just don't. And like you said, and the first thing they say is physically being there, even if silent, just there. You know, a a couple of times in the last year or so, I've gone to some funerals of people that I didn't know the person who passed, but I knew the person who they were related to. They were the friend or the the woman in our group. Mm -hmm. And so I just went, I didn't know a living soul, but them. But I went, paid my respects, and, you know, most people, if they don't know them, leave. And that's the one thing I learned from my grandmother. She said, if you go to show your respects, just don't file in and file out. She said, sit down. Just sit there for a moment. She said, there may come an opportunity for you to help in some way. She said, but you can't help as you're pulling out the driveway going home. Mm-hmm. She said, Give them 15, 30 minutes just to sit there. Something may come up and you'll find a spot where you can help them. And I just, that's really, and it was something we've always done. So, and usually something happens and there's somebody you can help. Yeah. You know, somebody may need a ride. Oh, I'm going that way. I'll take them. You know, to take the burden off of them. Or you go over to somebody's house who's just upset. I have friends who lost husbands, I mean, because they walked out or whatever, and everybody wants to go over to their house and have a party. Let's drink to, you know, the low Mm -hmm. life gone. And I never wanted to do that because in that moment, you still love them. Yeah. And you may be telling girlfriend over here, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. But inside of you, you're like, why did this man leave me? You know, well, maybe not you. Because <laughs> well, I tend to do the leaving. So then it's like. So, but, so you don't want to, you don't want to go with let, let's party. You know, you got to see, you know, when you're there in person, kind of see what the person needs. And that takes you to the one that said, be present. Yeah. And that's what you were saying. Just be present. Be, be fully attentive to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Then you can really provide the proper moral support. Yeah. And not everybody wants to be hugged. No. I know when I'm truly upset when my mother passed and I was at my mother's funeral and at our church, you have to stand in the front as everybody views to shake their hand and whatnot. And on the other side, as they were filing in, I had a cousin of mine telling people, don't hug her. You may shake her hand. Don't hug her. Because when you hug me, I'm gone. Mm. 
I, I'm just, I'm, I'm water after that. I, I, it's hard for me to pull myself back up mm-hmm. when I'm really, really upset. So I was holding on. So you can't hug me. Yeah. And of course, there'd be someone who would try to hug me and I'd put my hand here in their chest to stop them. And of course, it didn't go over well. But hey, that's that. Show active listening skills. Refrain from reading the other person's mind. Oh my, I'm bad with that. Mm. Particularly if I think I know you. (laughs) This is probably what she really wants right now. (laughs) Yeah, I think you can ask people what they want. Like, you can ask them. But don't read their mind. Yeah. It's not a mystery. No, Nancy Drew. Yeah, I feel like I oh, don't. No, I know what they want. I got this. Um, let them know that. And if it's something that they lost a job or something, it's okay. Failure's all right. Failure's up. And you know what? The other thing I hate is when things are going really bad and people are quoting me silly stuff, like quotes. Who does like that? Like a failure is a doorway open to opportunity. Okay, I just lost my job. I got 15 bills to pay. Okay, I'm going to open up all the doors. No money's coming in those doors. Where is that door, please? (laughs) You got to know the right time and the right quote to just don't start. That goes back to actively listening. Yeah, knowing knowing your audience. I think that's part of what it is. Like, ain't nobody trying to hear that shit right now. Like, like seriously, I, I sometimes I think that I'm like, this is not what we're talking about right now. Why are you talking to me about this? And the one thing that I'm teaching myself to do, and in particular with my my friend of recent, I point blank asked her, "What do you need from me?" Yeah. And sometimes we're afraid to ask, but we're afraid of what the answer might be. But. I think you have to ask. I mean, it's basically setting an expectation in my point of view. Like if I tell you these are the things that I need and you say to me, well, these are the things that I need. And you're like, well, you know, I can't do everything, but I can do that. Right. And then you're like, okay, well, then I can take that. And I appreciate you even telling me. I think it it clears all of that, what you were saying, like reading someone else's mind and trying to figure it out because you set your clear expectation of this is what my need is and where I would like it to be met. You tell me what you can do because, again, not every need can be met by the individual. Maybe they can't shut up and listen to what you have to say. Um, So... (laughs) And maybe they just, they don't want anything. They just want you to, you know, just be in here as planning things. Yes. And take it as that. Yeah. Don't try to do nothing else. Yes. So, again. Don't think, well, they just didn't want to ask me. So, I'm going to go out and bring food. No. If they somebody clearly tells you what it is that they need and what they want in that particular moment, then you can do it. Just do it. Because that's like, they told you. There, there's an agreement there. There's an equal sign. But outside of that, don't go out those parameters. And a couple of the things that they said, I'm not going to do all 125. I'll let you know. (laughs) If you're like getting scared. Oh, God. Um, Share your favorite inspirational quotes or mantras. Be careful with that. 
<laughs> I'm gonna say that because again, not everybody trying to hear that. Right. I'm like, mm-mm, don't be talking about the next window open. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not everybody's trying to hear that. Like I, I know, um, you know, when people are depressed, there's like that meme when people are like depressed and they're like, well, don't be sad, and they're like, hmm, I've never thought of that. Like, what a novel idea. Like sometimes those things, like if it's for you. And it's a general thing by all means. Like I know I post a lot of from the action happiness. I do like their page because they talk about actions that you can do that leads towards, you know, more happiness. So when something does ring out to me, then I'm like, okay, I vibe with this. Let me just send it out. But I try to know my audience because there's some people that if you were to send them something positive, that's not where they are mentally. And it, it almost takes, they take it as an affront as to saying like, do you really like know who I am? Because it, there's, there's a difference with people yes. who may just be depressed or have other issues or anxiety that it's just not as easy for them to see it that way. But generally speaking, like if it's a story, yeah, I'm I'm happy there. Like I wake up in the morning happy and I'm generally in a great mood. But again, that's not that's not something that everybody wants to hear. No, so I and say you got to be careful. You got to be very careful because then it comes off as you're not attentive to where that person is right now and what they could need. Or you're not actively listening. Yeah. You're just thinking, what can I say so I can leave? Yeah. You know, and although we do promote self-care in, in, in our hour, not, that may not be the time to tell somebody about self-care. Like, you know, I know you may be sad or you can't pay your bills, but I hope you're resting. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're getting sleep. I will never forget a friend of mine and I, oh, I will not say her name because that 12 people will know who I, but just by saying the incident, 12 people will know who this was. Somebody is not, they didn't, they didn't lose their job. Their husband just absolutely got up and walked out. Mm. Didn't know why. And when he walked out, he committed suicide. Mm. We're all sitting there supporting her because at the time, we just knew he left. Mm -hmm. We didn't know the circumstances behind the leaving. And she was just devastated. She had not heard from him. She did not know where he was. And it was like days. No one had heard from him. So you're thinking the worst, the this, the that. And he sent a message to her finally that he just couldn't be married to her anymore. So we're sitting there every night. It'd be a different group. And this one night we were all there, the, the friend group, the all, the whole friend group was there. And somebody in the friend group says to her, you know what? We're going to do something that will really cheer you up. She said, I called someone and they're going to be over here in about an hour, an hour and a half. And we're all getting pedicures, getting our nails done. That always makes us feel better. And the room was sort of like, well, okay, well, maybe, you know, all right. The minute the doorbell rang, we thought it was the pedicure people. It was the police to tell her they had found him. On the heels of them, as the police came in, the pedicure group came in. And we were all, we were like, "Uh, so-and-so, you need to tell them to go. This isn't appropriate. 
She said, well, I've already paid for them. What will I... Girl, <laughs> not now. Yeah. And it still go. didn't come clear to her that this was not the time for that. The whole... It really wasn't the time at all. She was invested. But this is what she did. She had money. Yeah. And she threw money at stuff. But that was, I will never, ever forget that because everybody thought it was them. And the first thing I was thinking, I had sneakers on all day and my feet will stink. And I got to take my sneakers off in this place. And somebody going to say something about my stinky feet. Then there's my stinky sneakers. I, I was like in a personal moment there. Uh, okay. Yes. No one noticed that right now. <laughs> and it was then the police were like, did they get arrested? It was just a weird, it was such a weird thing. So I've learned from that. I never offer anything like that in any type of crisis or any type of support situation unless we go get a pedicure yeah oh, i'm sorry to hear that Damn. oh that was i mean it's kind of funny now years later <laughs> does he have to be there oh it was like what <laughs> no tell them to go tell them to go and she's like go and they were coming in like setting up they weren't even surprised the police were there that was the thing that threw me they just went about their business look they got paid See, I show up somewhere and police are there. I'm thinking I'm leaving because whatever y'all doing, we might be getting arrested. I'm not going with you. But they didn't have that thought. And one of the things in the 125 was what you said, use humor. And people always want to laugh. It can, and they say it can change a mood and it can make a mood lighter. Yeah. At funerals, that's what people do sit around and talk about the person and be ch telling stories, funny stories about what they did, you know, how comical they were. There's always something that somebody is laughing about. Yeah. You know, there's always some sense of humor there. And humor heals many a thing. It does. And I think people forget to, to use that. And engage in a thoughtful gesture that you think the person might appreciate. And most of these, if you read through all 125, most of them say pretty much the same thing. You got to know where you are. Mm -hmm. You got to know who you're with and know your limitations of what you can do. Mm -hmm. Because the last two years, there's, there's a lot that has not taken place. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot that we've missed. And I think people are getting ready to get together for holidays. And the sad part about getting ready for these holidays, there are people not there. Yeah. And when you're in a lockdown, shutdown, and things are happening, you can't control. But you're not gathering, in a sense. So you're not missing them. They're going to start missing them. Yeah, when everybody's there and there's that plate that's missing. And then there's people that can't afford. It's interesting. When we went to the supermarket tonight to buy some things, normally right before Thanksgiving, it is packed with people buying food. Mm -hmm. It was packed, but people weren't buying food. You could sell that they weren't buying Thanksgiving eating food. They were just doing their regular shopping, getting their regular things. And every once in a while you saw a cart.
that was loaded with Christmas stuff, buying Christmas decorations and stuff like that. But I, I kind of looked and kind of noticed because for as many cars that were in the parking lot, I had visions of the, we're going to be forever getting out this supermarket. Mm-hmm. Not so. People weren't loaded, loaded down. They were just buying a few things. And this is normally the weekend before they do their shopping. Yeah, right before Thanksgiving. So that kind of told a story there that we're not, people are still in recovery. And we have inflation. So there are things that there's a turkey shortage. So the demand is high, which means the price goes up. I think a lot of people like don't really understand that there is a financial crisis going on. Um, no, they don't. Yeah. I mean, some people are very hyper aware of it, but there is a group and a sector that, you know, since your life hasn't changed so much, it doesn't really affect you that there, there are people who are foregoing the festivities of the past because of where they are currently. Yeah, it's it's going to be almost the same kind of day. It's just maybe you might have family come in or do something a little different, but as far as your menus. Mm-hmm. And I saw that tonight and I thought, this is telling. So there are more people out there hurting than we really recognize. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly if you're one that's blessed not to be hurting in that way. Yeah, you don't even know. Right. But that was so telling to me and it just, it kind of hurt my heart. You know, but I see, and I, the good news is I see more people helping other people too. And that was more or less my motive into speaking of moral support. That you're going to want it. Mm-hmm. Need it, but you're going to also need to give it. Yeah. So try. It. I, I have a list of what I consider bad moral support. Jeez, a list. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hundred and twenty-five thing. Hundred twenty-five thing, and I'll be sure to send you this so you can put this in the notes. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the hundred and twenty-five, not my bad moral support. Okay. But my bad moral support. I have four key things. Not listening, but giving advice. I said that. To me, that's like the worst. And I'm probably an offender. I think we all are. Because we want to be able to solve other people's problems. Yes. But not everybody wants their problems solved when they're talking about it. Because sometimes you have to hear yourself. This is how I take it. Sometimes you have to hear yourself. And just get the thoughts out, just the way you do in a journal. You yeah. know, it's 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 in you, and it's stored in you, but you just want to get it out. So you imagine writing in your journal, <laughs> and someone reading it, and they're like, "Start writing so here with their red pen." <laughs> like seriously, think yeah. about it that way. Like they're circling here, and they're like, "You missed a comma there," and. Like, shut up. So think about it that way. That when so- Like you're marking up their page. Yes. You're correcting them. You're correcting their journal. And I guess, like, that it peeves me. It peeves me. I'm not saying that I'm not an offender of it, but it does peeve me 
that it's like, I guess that's kind of a way to look at it, that somebody is opening up the journal in their mind to you. Do you have a red marker out? And you're making corrections. Yes. I like that. And my next one was giving advice. Now, what's the difference in the first one said not listening and giving advice. The second one is giving advice. You've listened, you've heard them, and now you're coming again with this is what I think you should be doing. I normally ask people, do you want to hear what I have to say? No, they hear you. I've, I've watched no, people. No, 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 no. I ask people oh, before, before I give, you give the advice. Before I give advice. No, I, I'm in, I have a, 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 a group that a women at church that we serve together. And there's this one woman and she's a young girl. You usually see this in old ladies. She's, she's practicing now. <laughs> she's young. And if somebody's talking about some, maybe something that's not good, that's going on. And we've learned most of the time we're just talking because we, it's a safe zone. Mm-hmm. They know they're not going to hear it again. And she's always telling them how they can correct it. To the point that when she enters the room, they stop talking. Because it's not safe. Right. They feel like they don't feel comfortable saying what it is. It's a difference between saying, girl, I know what you mean. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, me too. Put me in that group. That's not giving advice. That's camaraderie in a way. Yeah. That's why, again, I ask people, hey... Do you want to hear my advice on this? Because chances are I will cut through your bullshit. Like, especially if you on some bullshit, I will just cut through and be like, you know what this is. But see, not everybody wants to hear that. And some people have to wade through it on their own. Yes. To really get to the other side of it. So that's why I tell people all the time, like I've had several situations where I'm like, I have some thoughts on this. But this person didn't ask me my opinion, nor I don't even think they're ready to hear what I have to say. Because you can provide it, and what you end up doing sometimes is pushing them back to the starting line. Yeah. So They got to go all the way back and start all over, because that's how some, some minds work that way. They may be talking to you to work their self through something Mm -hmm. and then you throw up this advice they didn't want okay let me go all the way back to the beginning and start over because now i'm thrown off yeah and my next one is not being genuine when you're not being genuine to someone you're here to give moral support like if you really don't have time to stop by and sit and visit Mm -hmm. Or whatever don't oh they're being nice just running in kind. hey oh hey girl i heard you was having a bit of a trouble just thought i stopped by hope things are doing well I, i'm a I, girl and then you give the litany of what you have to do today and why your day is so horrible well thanks i needed that just pile on i don't have enough give me yours <laughs> To me, that's not genuine you're not being thoughtful and i've heard people say well i was sharing Sharing is caring. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes sharing is just too much. Yeah. So if you don't have the time or if you don't really, sometimes somebody texts and tells you something in a text 
I don't know if emoji is the appropriate response sometimes or just saying, I hear you, girl. That's like those chain <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Now that we're approaching Thanksgiving, please, please, people, you got my number. Don't text me happy Thursday, whatever it is. Um, um, with 20 people, like, don't do it. Like That those... you don't know that now they have your number. Yes. And they all start responding and your phone is ping, 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 ping. Yes. So those are the things that I'm like, I don't think those things are like, I get it, but don't. My worst than that for me are the ones who do the religious ones. If you love Jesus, you will send this to 50 people right now within the next 10 minutes. If you love Jesus. Okay, this is a judgment call. (laughs) So if I don't love Jesus and I I don't if I don't do it, I don't love Jesus. Oh, I'm not even not doing it. I mean, I might cuss you out. (laughs) And I've sent that to people. Don't ever send me anything else telling me I don't love Jesus. You don't know my relationship. You ain't asking about my relationship. No. And 10 people I send it to, they don't want to be questioned either. No. That annoys me. Or you will receive a blessing that you have no window to receive it if you will send this to 50 people. And I was so stupid. When I was 20, I used to do it. Those little chain letters. <laughs> yes! Now when people send them, I send them back to them. And I send it to them 20 times. And they're like, I said, well, I didn't know 20 other people who wanted it. And you sent it to me, so I just made you the 20 persons. So they, they took me off the list. And my next to my, my last one was oversharing. It is not a competition about how bad life is. Oh. If they're having a bad time and you want to say, girl, you think you having a bad, let me tell you. The grief Olympics. Yes. It's not a competition. There's no gold medal at the end of who's having it the worst. It just, and I, I've seen people do that. And if I know them, I've stopped them and yeah. pulled them aside. <laughs> said, no, they don't need to hear the horrors of your day. They're already having horrors. And even if it's not, I don't mean it just always somebody because somebody died or whatever. They may just be upset. They just may be sad. And you're like, well, girl, you think you sad. I'm really sad because da, 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 da. Now, are they supposed to feel better because your sadness is worse? Yeah, they are. You know what? You sad because this happened. Well, guess what? Not only did I lose my job, my husband left, the dog died, the cat got ran over, and they're lost. And now they're wondering, should I even feel bad? Now you're making them feel worse for feeling bad because they can't feel bad for you. It's just... I don't know what you call that, but that's a horrible thing to it's do to somebody. Now, there must be some psychological reason why you feel like you have to match their grief or their sadness. It's an Olympics. It's a competition. But it's, it really is not. It shouldn't be. But it is to them at that point in time because it's like, oh, you think you have a bad? Well, I got it worse. So it is an Olympics. So you just shift it away from what your needs are back to what their needs are. You become the important person in that situation and no Mm -hmm. longer them. Yep. I wonder if I do that sometimes. I have to think about that. (laughs) I hope not. I may have from time to time. I think here's the thing. 
I think because uh, most of this has to do with communication. And I think everybody has communication errors that they, they pop up every once in a while. And that's okay. Like, you don't know until you know, and you just have to practice until you're better at it, or you just have to be aware of it so that when it does show up, it does. And you can correct it before you start telling people what they should do versus just listening. So I think everybody has those moments where they fall into these spots and these places, and that's not a bad thing if you don't know. But now that you know then where do we go with that? And now that we know, I had like a couple of things to advise people what to do now. Are they ready to hear that? (laughs) What I'm ready to tell them now? Yeah. Yeah. This is some (laughs) things I want them to do now. Ask your friends what type of moral support you supply. Okay. Find out, are, are you the one who's giving advice that's really not merited? Or are you like, girl, you really are there for me. Oh, yeah, whenever I went through something, you seem to be there to be supportive, and I appreciated it. So you know what you're doing is good. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, well, you know, and tell them, ask them to be honest. Pick a friend that will be honest with you and tell you. I would say also be in a good mindset state to receive, to receive it. If yes. you're not ready to receive it, you're going to be pissed at your friend for telling you the truth that you asked for. That's true. But because we're going into a season that everybody's going to need some of this. Mm. Position yourself to be the best, to give the best of yourself as you can. And most importantly, I think, Make sure you can give that and don't give more than what you can afford to give. And not just monetarily, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. Give and give as much as you can afford to give. And don't be shamed if you don't give more. Mm-hmm. Give what you can give to be helpful and be supportive of those that are around you. And look for opportunities to learn more about yourself so you can be more supportive to those around you. And most importantly, before you run out the door supporting others, get yourself in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Journal your life now. If you're not journaling, you should be journaling. If you need somebody to talk to, reach out to a therapist, whatever. And I, I, some of this I also got because I'm, I'm taking a... Um, a life coach course to be, I'm getting my second certification. Oh, nice. And some of this stuff they ask you because they want to make sure you don't step out of life coaching and become uh, moral supporters because that's not your job either. Mm-hmm. Psychiatrists, you're not licensed to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not licensed to be a therapist. You're not a parent. You're not any of these things. Life coaching has a distinct path you're supposed to travel and you have to be aware that you don't travel outside of it. Makes sense. Because then you drain yourself. And also during this this season that we're going into, because we're coming into a new year and new exciting things are going to happen and also some troubling things. We may be always, if there's good, there's bad, yin, yang. 
get prepared. Mm-hmm. Get yourself mentally prepared, physically prepared. Don't sit around and wait for things to happen to you. It's funny. Um, I was reading, well, I read um, the Daily Stoics. It's like a, I read it in the morning. It's like a passage every morning to help me with my stoicism. And um, one of the things that they had mentioned was that, like, you know, you don't, when you prepare for war, no one prepares for war hoping to actually go into battle. Like, you just, that's not what you do. Like, you just prepare for it. And part of it is that, you know, you have to prepare yourself for sometimes a battle that's going to come ahead of you that you don't know that you're ready for. And if you're not preparing yourself to be in that spot when something does happen to you because everything is so lofty and that's not like a doomsday kind of thing no but more so knowing that if there's sunshine there might be some rain and then you'll see a rainbow or whatever the case may be but almost being ready for not you don't know what it's going to be but whenever it does occur be in the space where you can handle it and do what you need to do and for me you know a lot of people are like i'm very like to the point with problems it's like if i see a problem and i can fix it i'm kind of like check and move like let's fix the problem and then we can process everything later but right now let's fix this problem and so part of that like i had an issue that came up this week and it was just i read the passage that morning funny thing and then as the issue did arise I just knew to calmly be able to go from one place to another place to the next place to get this issue resolved and then take it from there versus like scrambling because I just thought it was going to be the best day ever and nothing's ever going to happen to me in the back of your head something could always happen and are you prepared in the best way that you can be to handle that situation. And that's the same approach I have with since March, and I almost am ashamed to say this, but since March 26th, every morning I've read the Bible and spent time with God. Mm-hmm. And it has made a difference in my life. I'm not. Why are you ashamed to say that? I should be saying it for the last 50 years. But I mean, <laughs> you're doing it. Not just from March, but I mean, I was off and on, whatever. But anywho, but it's the same way because that's what the old people, people who study the Bible, stay in the word, will say that to you. That prepares you because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. God knows what's coming, but you don't. Yeah. And it's so funny. Some of the passages and stories that I read and reflections of other people have like you say, later on in the day, like it's the nail on the head. Like what? I this morning I read that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm ready for this. Yeah, little nuggets. But if you don't, and that's what I mean, prepare. Because mm-hmm. today you might be giving moral support. Tomorrow you may need it. Mm-hmm. So prepare, prepare now. Don't wait for the time to come. Because rest assured, it's coming. Yeah, that's a change is inevitable. 
-hmm. Change is not maybe. Change is when. Yep. That's just it. And that's one of the things that, that I wanted to get across with this, you know, about moral support. It's important. Yeah, I think it's a great thing to mention. I think it's a great thing for us to reflect how we give support to others. Um, it's a good thing to ask people if you're ready to hear the, the, the answer, because not everybody is. Yes. Um, how you approach more support or just think about it, too, like. In what ways, when people need help, do I offer it or do I show up and how do I show up and, you know, catch yourself when you're flipping the conversation and you start to run a triathlon about your, your grief. Yeah, the troubles I've had. Yeah. You <laughs> over here thinking nobody knows like, no, like, come on. So I think it is a good thing to discuss because I think this has to do with communication and how we are, what's the word that I'm using, that we love on one another and how we bond with one yes. another and how we build trust and vulnerabilities and social connection as well. Because yes, it's great that you're here for the party, but are you here and can you be here when there's there's no party and you know we got to clean up the 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 stuff like you know what i mean you can eat the food but you ain't washing the dishes like right. can you be there in a way that i need you to be there in and i think this is also time for people to reflect as well if you have individuals in your lives that they you're there for them and they're not there for you that may be a relationship that you may want to rethink as far as what you're giving at least. Yes. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of this person, but if you find yourself giving and then it's not being reciprocated, then maybe that's not something that you want to continue to do. And we're not talking about Facebook just because they haven't liked something on your page in the last six months. That's not what we're talking about. I don't have Facebook, so. <laughs> or Instagram. Not everybody likes. Doesn't mean they didn't see it. Maybe they didn't, but that's not the uh, judge. That's not the rule of thumb to dismiss people. Yeah, but I mean, serious, but I, I think we have people in our lives day to day or every once in a while that we talk to. Is this person only coming to you when they need something or they're checking on you in between those times? And if that's the case, that's almost a telltale sign, too, of yep. it being a relationship that is that may need some resuscitation or to just kind of let fall by the wayside. And everybody knows their relationships because I have some we don't talk daily, weekly, whenever. But whenever we talk, it's like we just talked yesterday. Yeah. That's a different situation mm -hmm. than people that you only hear from when there's trouble mm -hmm. or you only hear from when things are so super good or they heard something bad about you. Mm. When people call, show up and there are people who used to do that. They no longer do that with me. Just show up and went, girl, did I hear that right? <laughs> uh, I don't know what you heard, but we're done with this conversation before we started. But there are people who do that will just show up when they heard bad things. Yeah. So I think this is a good time. I think it's a good conversation to have. Like just around what 
we can give and what we take mm-hmm. and yes. what we, you know, experience and how it's reciprocated. Well, thank you. That means a lot that you thought I I picked a good one. Yay. Yes, you did. You did, you did, you did. So now it's your turn. Oh, yes. This is my self-care thing. Yes. It's, okay, story time. So yesterday, I've been doing yoga now for like, how long have I been doing yoga? Like two months. This is going into my third month now. So I graduated from like the basic yoga to the mixed level yoga. So it's a little bit more intense. Oh, wow. And hard. But it's fun. Like, I like yoga because it's just me against me. And yesterday, um, I can't do it now. I really want to practice it, but I can't do it because my arm is killing me from the booster shot. I almost got into side crow, the side crow pose. So I'm going to show Gail what it looks like, and you guys can look it up if you want to. But... I almost got into this pose. Really? Yeah. Is that what they call that? That's called side crow. All right. I didn't know what it's called, but yeah. So I almost got into side crow. And the only reason why, I mean, I think now reflecting on it, the only reason why I really didn't, it's just that I didn't trust myself not to fall on my face because that's literally a position that if you you fall, you're going to fall like, or sideways right on your face and put a pillow there yeah i'll do that in the future but um i want to say this is that what i have learned through yoga because it's literally your body against your own body there's no weights there's no apparatuses there's no tire to flip it's literally just you and your body is that practice and takes every like practices everything And I think a lot of the times, um, you know, before we start yoga, we start with the daily intention of like what we want to bring to our practice. And when you do yoga or you practice yoga, they don't really say that you're doing it. It's just practice. And I think a lot of the times we don't want to practice because it's hard. So now do you do it at home too? Yeah. Okay. So I never did it at home, only did it there. Yeah, like if there's a day that I don't show up to the studio, like I'll practice at home. And if there is a pose that I'm like, okay, I want to eventually try, I'll do that one. But this one is probably one of the most difficult ones for me at this moment. Do you do the tree? Yeah, I can do the tree. Oh, the balance one. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. But yeah, I think part of it is that a lot of us want to get to side crow day two. Yeah. Instead of knowing that it's going to take some practice, it's going to take your body a while to recognize that it can trust itself in this position. And the same thing when it comes to other people and the things that we want to accomplish. I think a lot of the times people just want to skip it and be great. And that's not the way it works. Like you don't just skip anything and you're great at it unless you're an absolute prodigy. And how many of those are running around right now? So I think taking the time to know that practice, it doesn't even make perfect. Practice just is you get just practice. Practice is just practice. 
And as you're practicing, try not to judge yourself so much. Try not to say, I could have been better and yada, 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 but just be in the moment and just enjoy it for what it is and whatever it is you're practicing, if it's writing, if it's reading, if it's to be a better friend. If it's Bible study every day. <laughs> yes, if it, whatever it is, that Take practice. pride that it has been since March that I haven't missed a day. And that you showed up. Yes. And that you're doing it. And I think a lot of the time, like, People just don't do, you know what I mean? The fact that you're here or the fact that you're practicing is enough. You don't have to be like, you know, I don't have to be a contortionist right now. I just need to be the best that I can. And when you show up for your practice, whatever you're doing, that's you, you've done the hard work. You've done the most difficult thing is to show up. And so yeah. don't shoot on yourself either when you're practicing. Just take it for what it is. Well, thank you. I'm going to receive that. If no one else does, <laughs> I needed that. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's been a great talk, Dee. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I look forward to next week. But for tonight, we're just going to have to say... Be safe. Be well. Be easy. Be blessed. And have a great holiday season yes. that's coming up. And I hope you guys rest. <laughs> After you eat. After you eat, if you are eating during this holiday time. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Bye.